Chapter 10 Marco The ground shook! It was so loud it had to be right behind me! I was screaming. I was crying as I ran. It was panic. Pure panic. Leaves slapped my face. Twigs whipped my bare arms. I glanced back. Through my blurring tears, I saw it bounding, leaping, running after us. Forty feet long from head to tail. Twelve thousand pounds. Seven-inch serrated edge teeth. But it was the eyes that were the worst. They were intelligent, eager eyes. Hungry eyes. Eyes that seemed to almost laugh at me, helpless creature that I was. Could I morph? Morph what? Morph what? There was nothing that could stand against a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Nothing! My gorilla morph? The Tyrannosaurus would eat it in two bites. I saw flashes of the others, all in flat-out panic run. It would have us all. None of us could fight it. Not even Axe, who was pulling ahead of the stumbling humans. No, wait, there was a way. Get small, I screamed. Morph small! The words tore my throat as I yelled. Wham! The root seemed to reach up out of the ground to grab my foot. I hit hard. I sucked air, but nothing came. My lungs were emptied, heart pounding. The others kept running, didn't realize I'd fallen. Roll! I rolled over just as the impossibly big talon came raking down. Wham! The Tyrannosaurus's foot hit like a dropped safe. I bounced from the impact. Down came the head, teeth flashing, eyes greedy for my flesh. I sucked in a breath, rolled, scrambled, tripped, kicked forward, and landed in a fern at the base of a tree. The tree trunk was no more than a foot in diameter. I pulled myself behind it. No way to hide. The dinosaur kicked at me with one foot. I dodged. Morph, you idiot! Someone yelled at me. I recognized my own voice, but I couldn't imagine speaking the words. What? What could I morph? What was small enough? Scrack! Boom! A talon came down and scraped the bark off a tree before it hit. I yanked my leg out a split second before it would have been crushed. Talon? Yes, huge bird feet. Bird, that was the trick. See if the big evil creep could fly. I focused some part of my mind on the image of an osprey. Small, too small for the T-Rex to care about. And it could fly. I felt the changes begin, but the Tyrannosaurus hadn't gotten to be the biggest flesh eater in history by being stupid. It came around the tree for me. And now my body was growing clumsy as my hands shrank and my legs thinned. You have no concept of how powerful that Tyrannosaurus was. You cannot possibly even begin to understand till you've cowered beneath it, peeing your pants, and wanting to dig a hole in the dirt. I scrambled around the tree. Jaws opened four feet wide and snapped shut an inch from my head. Ah! I screamed in sheer terror. The big lizard dodged the other way, and it roared in frustration. He was so close, I felt the sound waves. I saw his pebbly-skinned throat vibrate. And worse, I saw into his mouth. A mouth glittering with teeth like butcher's knives, and stained with the blood of his last kill. 
I scrambled away again, stiff, barely able to move. The Tyrannosaurus chomped its jaws shut on the tree itself. He began to twist and rip the tree, like a dog with a bone. Rending, tearing, bark flying, white wood pulp chewed to chips. In a few seconds, the tree would no longer be between us. And already, I was far too morphed to run to another tree. The Tyrannosaurus had gone mad with frustration. It was screaming in rage, ripping and grinding, throwing its huge weight back and forth, shaking the ground, bruising the air with its insane roar. Just a few seconds more and... The tree fell slowly away, crashing down through layers of vines and ferns. The Tyrannosaurus lunged, mouth opened, red tongue lolling, teeth wet with drool. I tried to leap back. I fell. Rolled. Thrashed. Out of control. Wings! I had wings! Too late! The mouth came down over me like some kind of earth mover. Like a diesel shovel. A prison of teeth all round me. The jaw bit into the dirt itself. A root! Teeth snagged by a root. I flapped. Ran. Beat. Rolled. Scrambled. Out between the jaws. Running on osprey talons. Running. Wings open. Flapping. Snap. Jaws an inch behind my tail. Fly. Fly. Fly, you idiot. Bonk. I never saw the tree trunk. I hit head on. I was stunned. Senseless. Helpless. The Tyrannosaurus roared in triumph. It towered above me. Huge. Irresistible. Pure destruction. Why had it chased me? I wondered. Why? I was too small, wasn't I? But, of course. I'd been in Predator Morph before. I knew why. Because killing was what it did. Killing was what it was. It had gone beyond food or hunger now. It simply wanted to do what it did best. I flopped weakly, two days to move. Down came the head. Down from so far above. Down it came. A swift movement to my right. What was it? Flap, flap, flap. An andalite tail, too fast to be seen, struck three times. The dinosaur swung its head hard. Axe went flying and rolled twice as he hit the ground. The T-Rex sagged, tried to roar, and fell. Human hand snatched me up as six tons of malevolence fell to the ground. Chapter 11 Axe I wiped my tail blade on some large leaves. Unfortunately, more than my tail was stained. My human friends were all looking at the big creature. Marco was becoming human again. I was busy trembling. Nice work, Axe, Prince Jake said. He slapped his hand on my shoulder. It is a thing humans do to indicate friendship or congratulations. Sometimes they do it to kill small insects called mosquitoes. I was toast, Marco said, still more osprey than human. You saved my life, man. I was fortunate, I said. I can't believe you took that monster down, 
Prince Jake said. Prince Jake, please don't think I can fight and defeat these creatures. This animal was busy chasing Marco. It was distracted. It is not accustomed to being attacked. You're just being modest, Cassie said. No, I said more sharply than I'd intended. Listen to me. I know my capabilities. In face-to-face, one-on-one combat, that creature would have destroyed me. One against one, I will lose 90% of the time. Oh, Prince Jake said. Yeah, well, you came through big time on this go-round, Marco said. He held his hands out straight. They were trembling. I can't stop shaking. This is insane, Cassie said. She looked around carefully, peering cautiously, looking, no doubt, for others of the big creatures. What is going on? Why are there dinosaurs here? Where is here? Is there not some place on your planet where this creature lives? She shook her head violently. No, not in millions of years, anyway. Tens of millions, probably. No, there is no place on Earth where Tyrannosaurs just run around in the woods. Yeah, I think we'd have heard about it in school, Mirko said. I believe his tone of voice indicated something the humans call dry humor. I have not heard any wet humor, so it is difficult for me to tell the difference. My immediate terror was fading. A deeper pessimism was setting in. It was easy to see that humans, or Andalites, deprived of the power of civilization, were pathetically weak in this environment. Some kind of real-life Jurassic Park, Prince Jake speculated. Maybe someone actually did it. You know, clone DNA from old dinosaur bones. That is scientifically possible, I said. But I have been feeling a strange distortion in my time-keeping sense. This planet is no longer rotating at the same speed as before. I think the very likely explanation is that we have traveled a very, very long way in time. Prince Jake raised one eyebrow and looked at me. Millions of years? Once a Sorio rip, a time rift, is created, there is no difference between a year and a million years. The energy required is the same. I think I remember the equations. In an equation where t is time, z is zero space. w inversely cubed represents the nexus of... Uh Uh-uh, Murko said, raising his hand. You saved my life. Don't undo it by killing me with algebra. I'm not an expert, of course. We studied the Sario effect in school but I may not have been paying very close attention. Who knew I'd ever need to understand time rifts? How do we get back? Cassie asked. I don't know. There is no way of duplicating the event that created the Sario Rip, that explosion in the submarine. What? You can't just whip up a fusion bomb? Murko asked. Fusion bomb? I asked. Then I laughed. I knew I shouldn't, but you have to admit, it was funny.
A fusion explosive. That's what it was. I assumed it was a small proton shift weapon, at least. Fusion is only used in children's toys. You know, to make the little doll speak and so on. My human friends stared at me. So the Andalite Toys R Us must be a wild place, huh? Marco said. Let's focus here, Prince Jake said impatiently. Rachel and Tobias may have been killed. In any case, there's nothing we can do about it. We are millions of years in our own past, and there's nothing we can do about that. We're in the age of dinosaurs, and none of our morphs can even begin to fight things like... He jerked his thumb at the massive corpse. Like that. So the question is, what do we do? Prince Jake had summed up the situation very well. We were trapped in an exceedingly dangerous world, where we could do almost nothing to defend ourselves. I turned my stock eyes toward the Tyrannosaurus's head. The mouth was partly open. The sight of those teeth made my insides watery all over again. I could see the serration on the back side of the teeth, like shark teeth, only much, much bigger. I had a clear mental picture of what would have happened if the creature had turned a little faster to confront me. The jaws closing over the upper half of my body. A violent shake of the head to rip me into easy-to-swallow pieces. We adapt, Cassie said grimly. That's what animals have to do in order to survive. Our environment is massively different. No civilization to rely on. Surrounded by brutal predators. So we adapt, or we get eaten. Great. Robinson Crusoe meets Jurassic Park. Look at us. We have nothing, Marco said. No homes, no food, no tools, no weapons. We don't even have shoes. Well, we're going to have to make all those things, Prince Jake said. And we do have one big weapon. We can still morph. Maybe we can't fight a T-Rex. But we can fly, and we can escape. We have food and shoes right here, Cassie said. She was looking at the dead Tyrannosaurus. Access his tail. We can use the hide to make sandals. Skin from the lower leg there looks pretty tough and thick. We cut out some skin, remove the meat, and eat it. Then we use the ligaments and tendons to lace up the sandals. I believe Prince Jake and Marco were shocked. Humans are strangely squeamish at times. I can never predict when. Wow, Marco said. Wow. You're kind of getting into this, aren't you, Cassie? Cassie walked up to the dinosaur and placed one hand on its leg. She tested the skin with her fingertips. Look, Marco, my best friend is gone. Tobias is gone. I don't want any more names added to that list. We need food. There's no Burger King anywhere nearby, okay? We're not big or mean enough to be predators in this environment. We've moved way down the food chain. The best we can be is scavengers. Here's thousands of pounds of protein. We eat some now, and we smoke some for jerky so we can eat later. If anything, Prince Jake and Marco appeared even more shocked. And I felt the same. This was an aspect of Cassie I'd never seen. But then, Cassie was more involved than the others in the facts of environment. She had sized up the situation and realized that in this new world, 
she and her fellow humans were no longer masters. I began to feel a little better about our chances. Humans may be technologically primitive, not to mention physically weak, what with tottering around on two spindly legs. But if you're in a situation that requires instant adaptability to change, you should always have a couple of humans along with you. Cassie looked at me, making eye contact with my main eyes. Axe, are you okay doing this? Your tail is all we have. Yes, I will do all I can. Okay then. Jake, maybe you and Marco could gather up any dry sticks and dry grass you can find nearby. We have to work fast. We aren't the only animals who'll be after this much meat. Axe, I need you to slice this area of leg into squares, each about one foot square. I glanced at Prince Jake. Prince Jake smiled and shrugged. Cassie's the boss on this, he said. She has a clue. I don't. And we all know Marco doesn't. You got that right, Marco agreed. I turned all my eyes on the haunch of the dead creature. I took careful aim and began the work. Chapter 12 Rachel My feet were torn bloody. I was leaving traces of red on the razor-edged salt grass. The legs of my leotard were torn and tattered. It was not a good look. The bare midriff thing? Maybe. The fringe look? No. I was carrying Tobias in my arms. He couldn't fly. He was too slow at walking. And if I carried him perched on my shoulder, no matter how careful he was, the jerking and wobbling would force him to dig his talons into my skin. Not fun. Especially not fun because the whole time I was expecting some murderous dinosaur to come ripping out of the woods to our left. You doing okay? Tobias asked. Sure, no problem, I said, trying to sound cheerful. I could stand a little less humidity, maybe. Yes, it's... Mm, damp. His groan of pain made me feel guilty for thinking about my own problems. Tobias... Maybe you should morph to human for a while. I'm sorry. You must be getting tired of carrying me. No, no, it's not that. It's just that your wing is hurting you. If you were in human morph, there wouldn't be any pain. I can only stay in morph for two hours, Rachel. Then I have to demorph, and I'm right back where I started. Plus, I won't continue healing during that time. Not to mention the fact that you'd have to redo my splint. And that wasn't fun for either of us. You could just stay human. Permanently. There are worse things. He didn't say anything for a while. When he did speak, it wasn't about morphing. Can you lift me up for a minute? I think I see something. I raised him up high above my head. What is it? Smoke! I see a column of smoke! Like a forest fire? Or is it that volcano? No, like a campfire! I lowered him back down. Maybe it's the others. Maybe they made it to shore and started a fire. I mean, there are no humans here, right? Not for another 60 or 80 million years, Tobias said. Not even monkeys. Not even our most distant relatives. The only mammals around are early versions of rats and trues. I smiled. If Marco were here, 
He'd make some snide remark about you having plenty to eat, at least. Tobias laughed. Yeah, and speaking of which... At least we have water as long as we stay by the river. On the other hand, what if that smoke is from Cassie and Jake? We have to go find out. Besides, the sun's going down. We could use a fire. You go, Tobias said. It looks like it's about two or three miles away. You could morph to your bald eagle body, fly over, take a look, and come right back for me. Yeah, right. Like I'm going to leave you here in the middle of nowhere, helpless. He argued with me a little, said he'd be okay and so on, but there was no way. We decided to drink our fill from the river, then we turned away from it toward the smoke. Already it was harder to see in the fading sunlight. The saw grass gradually gave away to shorter grasses, and the forest that had been on our left the whole time receded. We were walking now across a plain that looked like something you'd expect to see lions roaming, but we were tens of millions of years away from lions. Lions I could handle, I muttered. What? Nothing, just thinking out loud. Ah, man! What? I have to set you down for a second, I said. I laid him back on the golden, foot-high grass. I began to pick the insects off my feet. Several different species of bugs had been attracted to the cuts on my feet. Rachel, why didn't you tell me your feet look like that? Tobias cried. I shrugged. Looks worse than it is. Besides, this grass we're in now isn't bad. You have to take it easy for a while, Rachel. You're going to end up as... He fell silent. He cocked his hawk's head left, then right. What is it? I hear something. Something large. In addition to their amazing sense of sight, birds of prey also hear very, very well. I jumped up, grabbed him, and held him high over my head to give him the best possible view. But the truth is, I could see what there was to see well enough. I almost dropped him. Four, no, five creatures that looked a little like rhinoceroses. Only, instead of one horn, they had two hugely long horns protruding from a thick scallop shell around their heads. Even I know that dinosaur, I said. Those are triceratops. But they're just plant eaters, right? Not dangerous? No, they aren't dangerous, Tobias agreed. But what you can't see is the pack of Deinonychus moving in to attack them. They're dangerous. But I don't think there are enough of them to go after our Triceratops. The tribes can make a run for the river, get their backs to it, and the Deinonychus would be out of luck. I didn't ask how Tobias could size up the situation so well. Probably because he is a predator. Actually... Two kinds of predator, hawk and human. The combination of hawk instincts and human intelligence gives him a lot of insight into the battle for survival. Strange. Deinonychus was supposed to have been a smart pack hunter, but these guys have blown it. Unless... He turned his head to look behind us and let out a thought-speak moan. Score one for Deinonychus. We've screwed up, he said. They're behind us coming slowly this way in a pincer action to trap the Triceratops. How big do you think they are? Not big. Maybe five feet tall, ten feet long from nose to tail. Big deal. That's only about the size of a big kid or a small man. Wrong comparison. That's about the size of a wolf 
We're talking very fast, very smart wolves. They were close enough now that I could see them, even with my sun-strained human eyes. Man-sized lizards bounding along on powerful legs. Their pebbly skin was the color of asparagus soup and coffee ice cream swirled together. Not that I was getting really hungry or anything. A gust of wind ruffled my hair. The wind blew our scent toward the Deinonychus. I saw one of them stop, raise his head, and turn it toward us. I felt the eyes searching for me. And I swear, I felt the moment when those cold yellow eyes locked onto us. The dinosaur cried. They broke into a run. Uh-oh. I grabbed Tobias and started to run, the pain in my bloody feet forgotten. Stupid. I might as well have been trying to outrun a wolf. The other back is coming after us too! Tobias yelled. Suddenly, it wasn't the big triceratops caught in the Deinonychus's trap. It was a much, much easier prey. Hello, Phantomorphs, and welcome back to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and I'm back, refreshed, ready to post more episodes for your listening pleasure. Uh, thanks for bearing with me as I took a week off. Uh, I just need to kind of recharge my batteries, get caught up, um, and now we're in a good spot, and um, we're just going to keep on pushing forward. So thank you uh, for hanging in there. We got some emails. Uh, first of all, I have one from, let me pull that up, sorry, uh, sent in through my website, excuse me, through my website, theapocalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with the D in the middle. Uh, and this is from someone named Hannah, who wrote, Oh, thank you, beautiful Daniel. Me and my baby are listening to this nostalgic series with your calming narration before bed. Thank you super duper much for all the work you put into, put in for your listeners. Appreciated very much. Uh, thank you so much for writing in, Hannah. I'm glad you are enjoying it. I'm glad my voice is soothing. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you're listening to it with your kid. That's super cool. Thank you. Uh, we also have a email from Ashley and Ricardo. Uh, writes, Hi, Daniel. Greetings from Quito, Ecuador. I, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I probably should have looked that up beforehand. Uh, but from Ecuador, uh, my partner and I, my partner and I wanted to send you this email because hearing your voice is a weekly tradition that we always look forward to in our house, and we talk about you often as if we actually knew you. Anyway, I am from the U.S. and I have been a huge Animorphs fan ever since I read the books when they first came out. In fact, they were my favorite series and helped me get through a lot when I was young. My partner is from Venezuela and has never had access to the books in Spanish. Now, he is able to understand English, but found it hard to read the ebooks due to his dyslexia. Finding your podcast has meant that we can finally both listen to the series together. As someone who has practically memorized every book and knows what will happen, it has been fun to, it has been fun to my partner's reaction, to hear my partner's reactions when hearing everything for the first time. He says that he is hooked now and can't wait for each new episode to be released. We are so grateful for all the effort you put into each one. Your voice work and sound effects definitely enhance the auditory experience. We too believe that one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. Thank you, from Ashley and Ricardo. Thank you so much for writing in, Ashley. Uh, super, super cool to hear from uh, Ecuador. I, I Again, it just tickles me pink that um, I have an international audience. That's just delightful. 
Uh, I, I really enjoy that. Uh, thank you for. I'm so glad that your your partner uh, has a chance now to experience this series because I think, obviously, I think this is a really uh, cool young adult series that um, is well written and well plotted and and doesn't tr- talk down to children. Um, and you know, obviously, I enjoy it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, and. Just as an aside, I, I totally get that uh, when, when you know something really well, but then someone uh, you're friends with or you're, or you're dating doesn't. Um, it's really fun to watch them experience it for the first time. That's actually one of my favorite things to do is uh, introduce things to people I know. Because um, it's, it's almost more fun than me experiencing it for the first time myself, is seeing other people's reactions. I totally get that. Uh, thank you so much for writing in, Ashley. And Ricardo, um, glad you're enjoying it. Also, I have a follow-up uh, email from Frida from uh, Norway. Uh, she's written back, uh, Hi, Daniel. Just got to the episode of you discovering my email with the voice clip. I was walking my dog listening to your podcast, shuffling along a trail going around a golf course at 1 a.m., all while laughing and giggling out loud at your post-show email reading. Let's just say I was thrilled to have been immortalized in your podcast through the word yerk. Yes, I believe that is the Norwegian spelling, as I can't be arsed to dig up the books currently in storage. Pretty cool that I was the uh, the first to send you a voice recording. Hope others follow suit. By the way, I agree with Mika. Is that how it... Oh, sorry. In parentheses, they, they ask, uh, is that how it's spelled? Uh, you did not get that spelling right, Frida. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but uh, phonetically correct. Uh, on binging and listening to it while, when doing chores, being at work, and walking the dog, what will I do when I'm finally up to date? And with Hannah about the post-show notes, it's so fun and refreshing to get to hear about your priorities. Sleep and food is important, and it's pretty heartwarming that you suffered through uh, no fans in the summer for our listening benefit. The sound quality really is very good. <laughs> um, I binged your entire series and got up to date in less than two months, and I agree with so many others that you've gotten both uh, that you've both gotten much better and more confident, and that your take on the characters is great. When I was a tween slash teenager, I binge read 30 books in two weeks, loaning them from the library, and bought the entire series for myself in 2012. Pretty happy that I got it in a box set, all originals, though I discovered upon arrival that some of those were, quote, stolen from American libraries. Oops! Uh, in retrospect, it turns out that I've listened so much, I've learned so much about nature through the books, and not the least did I feel the... Did I feel a kinship to Axe because of his uh, fascination with things and difficulty understanding other humans? I could also very much relate to his loneliness. Last fall, uh, parentheses, I'm 25, I got diagnosed with autism slash uh, Asperger's. So that explains the whole thing. Uh, and then she mentions that she doesn't mind if I mention this on the podcast, so I have. <laughs> For the sake of knowing what I talk... Uh, for knowing what I talk about, I went onto Amazon and listened to the preview slash audio experts from the Audible version of the audiobooks. Honestly, I think you read it much better. I am a fan of good voices, and already from the excerpts, there are several things that irk me. For one, the narrator for Jake has such a deep voice it cannot possibly mask for a teen, which pulls you up, uh, pulls you out of it. Rich's voice is silky smooth and almost sensual, wi- uh, with an annoying whistle to the S's. Axe is not remotely alien-sounding and Tobias sounds a little too diminished given how he's described as being somewhat hardened by his experiences. Cassie is passable, but gets awkwardly high in places. Amazon didn't have Marco's book, so I could only listen to samples of his work through SoundCloud, and in, 
and even he doesn't sound remotely like the character he's supposed to portray. Both Jake's narrator and Rachel's narrator speak so slowly and low that it's almost to doze off of. I bet they haven't had they haven't got any scarcely used sorry, I'm struggling to read <laughs> right now. Uh and I bet they haven't got any scarcely used but exquisitely placed sound effects in the audible version either. Uh, no, I rest my case. This is the place to be. Sincerely, Freddy from Norway. P.S. You did great in pronouncing my name. It's apparently tough for Americans in general. Glad I nailed your name, or at least got closer than most. Uh, very cool. Um, some things you've mentioned in here, uh, first of all, thank you so much for writing in, Frida. Always a pleasure to hear from people. Um, doesn't matter where you're from, what you have to say. I love hearing from people. Um, it's just cool. Uh, but you mentioned, uh, yes. Uh, you spelled Yerk, uh, J-E-R-K, uh, which I guess works phonetically in Norwegian, I don't know, uh, but in the, the American publication, it is spelled Y-E-E-R-K, um, which is why I was confused initially, uh, when you sent in that email, it was talking about Jerk, um, you're talking about Yerk, turns out, (laughs) uh, let's see, uh, thank you for, uh, oh, you mentioned how I don't have fans on in the summer for uh, the sound quality. Yes, um, I don't have a professional studio or even really a homemade studio. It's just me in my room. So I, I got to try to uh, lower the ambient noise volume and, and, and any echoes, uh, reverberations, all of that. I try my best to dampen that when I record. And in the summer, that means uh, no fans, even though the place I'm currently living does not have AC. So it gets real warm. Um. You mentioned here you binged the series in less than two months. Incredible. Good for you. Um, And you mentioned you binge read 30 books in two weeks, uh, loaning them from the library. Man, I remember reading like that uh, when I was young, too. I I don't really have the time or the energy for it anymore. I do miss it. Uh, And you said you got the whole box set, which is extremely cool. Uh, I am still working on my own uh, full set. I've I've been using some uh, uh, PDFs that are... Of dubious legality, we'll say, but, uh, you know, it's hard to get your hands on these, um, especially there's one book I've heard, uh, again, I'm not super seriously collecting these, but I've heard there's, uh, like, uh, I want to say book 51 or something is apparently super hard to get your hands on, uh, for whatever reason, specifically that book, um, I browse the Reddit sometimes, uh, which I think is weird and super interesting that there's just specifically that one book that, uh, is harder to get than the rest. Um, very cool that you related to Axe. I think, uh, part of the strength of this, uh, series is that, uh, all the characters have elements that, uh, I think anyone really can, can relate to and be drawn to. Um, like, I certainly relate to Marco using, uh, comedy as kind of a, a shield for his emotional vulnerability. Uh, you know, I, uh, certainly have at times felt lonely like Axe, certainly, uh, at times have... Uh, felt lonely like Tobias. I, I think that, uh, again, just super well-written characters that um, have a depth to them that uh, people uh, gravitate toward. I think that's why this series ha- still has fans to this day. Um, a- as far as you comparing me to the audio versions, I'm so glad that you like mine better. Um, that's such a compliment. Thank you so much. Although I, I will point out, my voice for Jake is pretty deep as well, so uh, I- I'm glad that mine doesn't pull you out of it, um, but certainly... Uh, it is much lower than what I sounded like as a teen. I just happened to have a low voice, and, you know, I 
there's only so many voices I got in me, so we, we gotta make two. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Frida, for writing in. Uh, Frida, for writing in. Uh, a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you so much. Uh, that is all the emails I have gotten. Uh, that actually took me a bit longer than I thought it would, so we'll we'll uh, rapid fire through the rest of these show notes. Um, as you know, I have a website, theapodcalypse.com. I mentioned that earlier. Be sure to check it out. It's got all my other projects on there, which at the moment, you know, down the road, I'm sure uh, I'll, I'll be doing other stuff because that's just who I am. I, I love to be making things, even if it's silly and just for me. But uh, currently, the only other really active project I have on there is uh, my rewatch podcast I do with my friend Jesse called Into the Rewatch Podcast. We're currently rewatching Riverdale. Uh, if you've watched Riverdale, come join us. It's a great time. We're wrapping up season two very soon. Uh, I also have a Gmail. That's what Frida and uh, Ashley here wrote in on. That is audiomorphscast at gmail.com. I also have a Tumblr, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Um, both of those you can reach me at and, and write in if you so choose. Uh, if you use Apple Podcasts and would like to leave me a rating review, I would appreciate that. I think, in, you know, the algorithm we, we got to appease the algorithm. Uh, if you have uh, friends that would be interested in this, you know, let them know. Uh, save them, you know, 5 to $10 um, from buying an audiobook and say, hey, this guy made them for free for you. Uh, other than that, uh, I think I'm going to wrap up here. I got some other stuff going on tonight I need to get to. So uh, thank you for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>